Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You are tuned in to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. I hope you had a good weekend. It's a pleasure always to be here. And um, lots of things, you know, today, I, I don't know, there's a lot of things that are on on my mind as I'm just kind of, I don't know, maybe it's the time of year, maybe it's just reflecting. There's some things that we're doing uh, as we continue to, to grow the business and uh, with the show and so forth. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, I, some things that I've been thinking about lately that I want to, to get to today. Um, and of course, there's plenty that I won't simply have time to get to, just as I'm I don't know, just kind of reflecting on some things. But you're always welcome to email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, and yes, of course, adoration and praise is always accepted at the email address Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You know, what? where I want to start today, <clears throat> excuse me, where I want to start today is a little bit, um, I don't know, maybe different than many times I want to start I want to start with a soundbite from the daily show believe it or not from I think this was on last week <clears throat> and I want to talk about what uh, Trevor Noah said on the show and talking about abortion he's he thinks he's on to something here and I actually think he's on to something he doesn't even know that he's on to and I want to play this um, this soundbite um, and just kind of explain some of the things that he has right, almost by accident, I think, and also maybe some of the things uh, that he has wrong or where, where things have taken him in the wrong direction. And so I guess I need to set it up a little bit. So we've talked about on this program uh, last week or possibly the week before – Time goes so fast, especially when you listen to this program. Time just flies because, of course, you're having fun. But I was listening, or we talked about the Supreme Court case um, brought from a law that was passed in the state of Mississippi, moving um, the state. The state basically said we're going to restrict abortion at 15 weeks instead of 24 weeks. This has made its way up through the the system, and now it's before the Supreme Court. In fact, I listened uh, to the oral arguments that day, and many of you did as well. We talked about that on the program when when that happened, and you may recall. I think we I think we talked about this. Um, Different justice. There's nine justices, of course, and they're asking questions. Um, sometimes they're making statements that are framed or made to appear to look as questions. There's a lot going on, 
right? They're they're sometimes asking genuine questions. Other times, it seems that they're maybe pushing or um, nudging other members of the court to remember a certain issue or other precedent or whatever it may be. Uh, there's a lot going on there. But you may remember that Brett Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh basically said the he, well, again, in the form of a question, isn't the right thing for this court to do to be truly neutral on the issue is if they decide, we decide to be, Kavanaugh said, um, you know, basically um, remain neutral and not be pro-choice or pro-life. And tell me why, effectively, was the question. Tell me why it's not... If that's true, why the right thing to do isn't to overturn basically some of these things in Roe versus Wade. Because again, Roe versus Wade created arbitrary guidelines and terms like viability. I mean, there's a lot that Roe versus Wade did that just was made up. It was made up on the spot by Supreme Court justices. And that's simply not the way American law is supposed to work. And so Kavanaugh said, look, this court should be neither pro-choice nor pro-life. We should really be in the business of um, remaining neutral and allowing the states to truly do whatever they decide to do. And, of course, people can vote uh, for their representatives, and they can lobby their members of Congress to vote a certain way, and they can raise funds to get messaging out to convince people one way or the other, and isn't this the better way to do this? So Trevor Noah picks up on this. Now, for those of you that don't know, Trevor Noah, host of The Daily Show, it used to be, I don't watch this stuff. I don't know that I ever watched. I mean, I think I've seen, I don't know that I've ever seen a full episode, but I've seen bits and pieces of these shows over the years. That was uh, John Stewart as well, uh, The Daily Show. And... It, these things used to be intended. What was the other guy's name? I can see his face. I'm just drawing a, drawing a blank. I said John Stewart. The other, I can't think of the other guy's name. Anyway, so I don't know how funny it is, especially now because I don't. I still think they're not filming before a live, a live audience. So there's no laughter at the joke. So it really feels awkward and strange to me. So, all that being said, Trevor Noah starts off by talking about this. And I want, I want to l let you listen to this. This is about a minute and a half. Because Trevor Noah has actually struck on something <laughs> that's it's not applicable to this case, in my estimation. But it is ap applicable to the way conservatives think that we should live in a free society. Basically what it means to live in a constitutional republic. Sorry, I'm getting the soundbite queued up here. So with that being said, I want to play this, and then I want to talk about this. I want to tell you what he has right. I want to talk about where he goes wrong, and I want to talk about just how spot-on accurate this is in some very uh, core and key sorts of ways. Here you go, Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. This was, actually, this was uh, a week, a little over a week ago. Check it out. Justice Brett Kavanaugh, 
Trump appointee and guy at the bar who insists he's totally fine to drive, well, he emphasized the view that overturning the right to abortion would actually be the neutral position because it is neither pro-life nor pro-choice, but simply leaves the issue up to the states. And I have to admit, guys, that argument actually makes a lot of sense. Like, why should there be one abortion law for the entire country? I mean, people in Alabama and people in California have very different views on this, so maybe it should be different in different states. Although, when you think about it, there are also differences in different parts of each state, so really, the law should be, like, by county, you know what I mean? That would be better. They should say, like, red counties in a blue state can ban abortion, but blue counties in a red state can allow abortion. I mean, that that seems fair, right? It's up to the states, but make it up to the counties. Well, except actually sometimes you have urban and rural areas sharing a county, so maybe it should be at the level of the city or the town. Yeah, no, wait, what if each house... Oh, yes, each house. Each house could have its own rule. Yeah, this makes sense, right? Because the neighbors, they don't always agree with each other, but in the house, you... Within the house, people have different opinions. You know what? What if each person made their own rule? Like, each person could decide for themselves what they could do with their own... Yo, get me a taxi to the Supreme Court. You know what, get me a taxi to the bar next to the Supreme Court. I wanna tell Justice Kavanaugh something. Yeah, man, this is amazing. All right, so he thinks that he has cleverly, cleverly pointed out the flaw of Kavanaugh's argument, which basically says, hey, if you're gonna leave it up to the states to decide, that makes sense because there's differences in different parts of the country. Then he goes on to say, well, but even within states, there's differences within counties. And even within counties, there might be differences between cities and rural areas. And even within those cities and rural areas, there might be differences between people uh, in different homes. Well, come to think of it, he says, there might be differences between people within a home. So where really shouldn't we leave it up to the individual? Now, he actually just made a heck of a case for... Um, well, by accident, I'm going to say, because, of course, he's trying to be funny and he thinks he's witty on this issue. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. He actually, well, let me say what's good about it first. He actually laid out an argument that is really pretty consistent um, with constitutional conservatism, which is that we should be allowed to live our lives freely. And so... There's not a period that goes there. There is a, I guess you could say a comma or a, a semicolon that would go there. And there's a word that says unless or but. We should be able to let, live our lives freely unless the freedom that we choose to exercise infringes upon someone else's life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness or property that was in the original um that was originally what the uh, jefferson had written but life liberty property someone else's someone else's uh, ability to to exercise their freedoms and to live their own life and to not be directly harmed and i don't mean feelings being hurt or you know having someone um, who thinks you should make one decision and you make another i mean literally their decision directly impacts someone else. So see, now we have, that's that's where the alarm bells should start going off here because now on the issue of abortion, there clearly is. So 
if there's not a time where someone's exercise of liberty on whatever issue, like I would, I would maintain what he laid out. The basic premise is the true pro-choice position on all other issues, on where you go to school, right? The 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 Democratic Party, the liberals, the radical left think that you should not have choice on where you go to school. Your tax dollars should be forcibly taken from you and then sent to a school in your area. You're forced to go to that school. They want to make it as hard as possible to hold that school accountable for the uh, the education they're providing, the safety that they're providing. You don't have a choice. You go there because it's your community. They don't want you to have choice. See, I would say what Trevor Noah just said there would, would suggest and actually support the notion that we should have freedom to choose where we go or where we have our children go to school. You could take the issue of, say, carrying a firearm, for example. Carrying a firearm is also something that maybe not everybody wants to do. Maybe everyone doesn't feel the need or some people feel uncomfortable or what have you. They don't have to do it. But if someone else decides to carry a firearm or wants to have some sort of, uh, some sort of protection in their home, Shouldn't we allow, just as Trevor Noah laid out, individuals the right to choose to do that? I mean, you can go on right on down, right on down the list on any any major issue, right? I mean, this is really what it comes down to. If you want to drive an SUV, someone else says they want to ride bicycles or drive smart cars, go for it. But don't force someone because, again... Someone in one house may like to drive a large pickup truck or SUV. Someone else might like to drive a electric-powered vehicle, a Tesla, whatever, a Chevy Volt, a bicycle. Really doesn't matter. Someone else likes to walk. Shouldn't those be decisions be made by individuals? Now, you get to abortion, though, and there is a problem with this logic, and that problem is that now we've entered, now someone else has entered into the equation. Someone whose life is directly impacted. In fact, the very act of an abortion takes the life of someone who doesn't have a voice in the Democrats' way of looking at this particular issue. So this is where this begins to unravel and unravel completely and immediately. Trevor Noah does not take the time to acknowledge this very simple yet profound truth. There is someone else who is directly impacted by the decision and the court and the states, particularly the states. The court should just say, hey, Roe versus Wade was an absolutely stupid (laughs) and arbitrary decision. So we're not going to outlaw abortion. That's not really our job. That's up to the states. And that is, I think, accurate. So states can then decide what they're going to do. We already know California has announced it would be a sanctuary state um, or intends to move that way. And there would probably be others as well, but sanctuary states for abortion. We already know that other states have taken stances that would outlaw abortion or restrict it in a lot of ways, maybe in some States uh, literally make it illegal. So states absolutely 
governments absolutely have the right to regulate activities where another per, where one person's decisions or actions and or actions I should say directly impact someone else's life liberty pursuit of happiness what have you when that happens the state absolutely unequivocally has an interest there now states can then decide through the people that they elect through the voters ultimately that they are going to choose to deal with that problem through any number of ways i think that there's truly um to to be at the place that we are with science today and to be the modern equivalent of of pro-choice makes makes no sense to me if you want to argue uh you, you can't argue that the unborn child is not a living being that is biologically different from both the mother and father but yet also biologically similar to both the mother and father right obviously so science tells us that the child is alive but it is not he or she is not fully developed at that particular point in time but then again Having three kids, I can attest to the fact that children, when they are born, are not fully developed. In fact, we've got um, one that's heading into the teen years. He's not fully developed yet. So it's you can make the argument again that it the, the type of life that we're talking about doesn't qualify. I'm not arguing this. I'm just saying but to say that there's not another human life there is not being the least bit... Uh, consider it to to reality you can make arguments that the life is not fully developed you can try to argue that that unborn life and i'm not i'm not arguing these things please don't misunderstand me but this notion we have to annihilate the stupid argument that says that there's only the mother's life and that the mother's body is the only body that's being affected here because that is absolutely nonsense that's that's hogwash that's sophistry that's that's anti-science that's uh, intellectually dishonest, whatever term you want to throw in there, it's it's stupid and it's not correct. So, I just wanted to acknowledge off the top, Trevor Noah here actually stumbled his way into some conservative ways of thinking about things, but yet he misapplied it to this particular case, and I wanted to, just as a gift to Trevor Noah, help him out a little bit with interpreting this correctly and applying the other part of the equation, which is the state's absolute interest and right to intercede in protecting the life liberty property of some other some other individual which in this case is the unborn child quick time out my friends listening to conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back here in just a minute back my friends by the way program brought to you in part by intrepid financial just had a meeting with them what uh this past week actually great people and we were talking and you know everybody kind of has their area of expertise and um jennifer and chad were we were talking and we talked about really um the place that they're most I guess their niche, if you will, are people, look, you know, looking to invest, um, and and are really needing some expert tax consultation in that process as well. 
you know, there's different types of investors um, who have different needs and so forth. But Intrepid really, uh, because of their connections uh, and experience with CPAs and just kind of the background of the company, are really well positioned to help navigate some of those very, uh, well, sometimes challenging times when it comes to dealing with taxes and, and implications of you know, tax implications based upon investments. So if you're in need of that, I encourage you to check out our friends at Intrepid Financial. Visit their website, intrepidfinancial.com. Be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. You can also call 317-818-1776. Who can go wrong with that? That's a great number, by the way. 317-818-1776. So Last segment we well we we played the the soundbite from um, Trevor Noah. This say I want to do this quickly, and then we'll talk about this as the program unfolds. I envision talking about this, uh, you know, for a couple of segments. So we're at a point here in this nation. Shifting gears now, we're at a point here in this nation with all that we've endured. The past couple of years, which folks, it has been a lot, right? COVID, um, and and of course, just all of the all the ramifications of that. We're still we're still dealing with the effects of decisions that were made by our political leaders, our politicians. I even hesitate to call them leaders, folks who are at the helm here making decisions um, that impacted the economy. Our way of life. I'm not going to name the restaurant, but I was at a restaurant yesterday, and I went at um, right about five. Finished actually doing some some show prep here, um, and there were literally I'm not I'm not exaggerating. There was a table of eight, and there might have been another couple people. There were at the most there were twelve people in this restaurant. It's a I'm not going to name the restaurant, but it's a big one, national chain. And the girl comes to me and she asked me, do you want to eat? Which I found was a odd question being at a restaurant. But um, I said yes. And she said, well, we only have one cook. And those eight people <laughs> just put in their order. And it's going to be a while before the cook can cook your food. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, it's probably going to be about 30 minutes. And I said, I can do that because I got some stuff I've got to do anyway. And so we did that and everything was fine. The food was actually really good. But the point is, all that stuff, all this stuff, whether or not you're going to be able to get Christmas gifts delivered in time or you can find what you're looking for, a lot of that has roots in decisions that were made with COVID. And we've endured a lot of this. We've dealt with Massive amounts of money flooded into the marketplace, which drove up demand, which then people couldn't can't hire people, which creates delivery problems, supply chain issues, shipping problems. I've got a friend who said he had a shipment that was just coming in um, that sat outside the port for a couple of months, not even able to get in. This sort of thing is common now, and I'm just pointing this out, not to mention the psychological. Uh, condition this country's in now. We, we've we've dealt with a lot, right? We went through the 2020 election and all that that was, you know, everything that went on there. There's just been tensions. Um, we've seen cities on fire. 
We've watched people hate Kyle Rittenhouse for literally protecting himself. And on and on down the line we go. So we've dealt with a lot. And, of course, Biden's now president of the United States. And he's got this uh, press secretary who I think is arguably the worst press secretary in, uh, in my lifetime, maybe longer. So she's asked about the economy. She's asked about... You know, what do you say? I'm going to play this whole soundbite. You can hear the reporter ask the question. But basically the question is, what is the White House's – what is the White House's response to people who basically say things are on the wrong track, things aren't going well? You know, her job is to come out up there every day and tell us that inflation is transitory, which basically means it's just going to be a very short-lived period of uh, of inflation just because – We're dealing with coming through the COVID situation, except more and more economists and people with common sense are telling you that that's simply not living in reality. They have fundamentally created a massive problem that's going to take a long time to to fix. So all that being said, I want you to listen to this exchange, and we're going to talk about this as the program unfolds. This is Jen Psaki. Well, first you'll hear the reporter from the Washington Free Beacon, uh, and then you'll hear Jen Psaki's ridiculous silly response here it is americans aren't focused on big picture data lines but yesterday brian talked to us for 40 minutes about lots of data points that are moving in the right direction yeah i'm wondering given all of those things and given what you're talking about prices month to month moving in the right direction what's the white house's big picture view on why so many americans are so pessimistic about the economy and about the direction of the country because another data point is more and more americans are saying right wrong track on, on monthly polling on that key question well, what I was there may be there are certainly Americans who look at data. I'm not suggesting that. Many of them work in New York and other places. I'm New conveying York. that the way people experience it, I think you know what I'm saying, but the way people experience it, and the president just said this as well, is not by looking at charts in the paper, right? As much as we love charts because they're important for us to note, it's about their monthly budget and how well, no much kidding. it takes to fill up their ca- uh, their tank of gas, uh, how much it takes to buy meat to have burgers for a bar Barbecue. That's that's what oh, I was saying. Um, why are people experiencing things, or why? Because, and I we've talked about this a little bit before, but you know, a lot of it. What we're seeing in our data is uh, is people's psychology on the economy, on how they're experiencing things in the country right now, is related to COVID and yeah, the man. fact that COVID. We're still in a fight uh, against this virus. Uh, People expected it to be over sooner. Uh, We have new variants that have come up, uh, and people are looking to get back to a normal version of life. Uh, And so that's our best assessment. Obviously, Americans will experience things different ways, and we certainly understand that. But broadly, when you look at data, that's what we see. Mm -hmm. I, I love, by the way, how she said at the beginning, you know, we look at charts, and I guess people in New York look at charts. The rest of America is stupid. We don't have the slightest idea about any data. Give me a break. But you know what? We do. We do understand when we pull in to get gas, and it's ridiculously more expensive than it was in the past, or we can't find something at the grocery store, or we can't get into a restaurant. And I don't, look, I don't want to say that all these all problems are not because whoever's president, but they could be, right? If decisions are being made by people in political power, with political power that are causing these things, that's causation is king here. 
And the decisions that have been made by politicians have led to a series of things that have created massive problems for our economy, that have caused things to be more expensive, that have caused things to be uh, harder to get, that have caused delays in your being able to get them, my being able to get them. It's caused delays in people going back to work. It's caused all sorts of massive problems. But she's telling us that it's people's psychology. Oh, psycho, our data point. You throw the word data. I'm going to start saying that in every segment. Data. I'm just going to say data and I'm going to make some comment and someone's going to say, man, the data must support that. What is she talking about? She's not talking about anything. She's talking, what she's trying to do is use her words to manipulate a situation to have the best possible outcome for this president who by the way, is an unmitigated, absolute disaster. He's, he's rivaling Jimmy Carter in terms of being the worst president in modern history. I got to take a break. But I want to keep talking about this, and I want to talk about this psychology of COVID, and I want to th- talk also about the importance, about the importance of having people in this country who can be free thinkers, not programmed and told what to think, I sophist like this. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. You know, if Jen Psaki is right, <laughs> and I'm not suggesting she is, the psychology of COVID. Look, I, I know that people, we're, we've all dealt with a lot. I, I even mentioned that last segment. But the idea that people are not looking at things clearly because of COVID, right? Just because of COVID. Uh, maybe because the government's interaction with, maybe with, with how they've handled COVID. Maybe people are concerned um, about what things are going to cost next month or what insane dictate or directive is going to be uttered from Dr. Fauci next month as well. In fact... I've got a couple of things here, thanks to the uh, what this is from the students for Trump. Um, this is from these are a couple of posts some bites they've pulled that I found on their social media page. Here's one from Dr. Fauci. If they want to blame the way Americans think about the economy on COVID psychology, maybe people in the administration should stop saying things like this. It's a holiday setting. You're with your family. You have grandparents and parents and children. Mm-hmm. When you get vaccinated and you have a vaccinated group and you are in an indoor setting, you can enjoy, as we have traditionally over the years, dinners and gatherings within the dinner. home with people who are vaccinated. And that's the reason why people should, if they invite people over their home, essentially ask and maybe require that people show evidence that they are vaccinated. Yeah, so you have you want to go somewhere for Christmas in your family? Fauci says, hey, truth be, truth be told, you should be asking people to show their vaccination card. So <laughs> I, I just, I, we've lost our ever-loving minds here. We truly have. We've lost, and I don't mean just just the people that are running the show here. There's another thing that Fauci said. This is, this was, I think, from last week. 
You want to hear what a totalitarian sounds like? Well, this is exactly what it is. Again, this was uh, shared on Students for Trump's, I think, Instagram page is where I'm at here. But here's another one. Fauci saying what people, what the government's going to have to do if people don't willingly get vaccinated. Again, Jen Psaki's talking about the psychology of COVID affecting how people look at the economy today. Well, if people have a bad psychology because of COVID, maybe, just maybe, it's because of stuff being uttered by people in the administration like this. Responsibility to get yourself and your family and indirectly then the community protected. So I would prefer, and we all would prefer, that people would be voluntarily getting vaccinated. But if they're not going to do that, sometimes you've got to do things that are unpopular but that clearly supersede <laughs> okay. individual choices supersede. and are directed predominantly at the communal good. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about requirements. You know what? If I have to listen to people tell me how big of an expert Dr. Fauci is on all these things and that he's he, he told another uh, person in an interview that he represents science, right? That's why he's a target. I think we may have even played that on here. He represents science. Well, if only the experts can talk about the science of this, maybe, just maybe, the lovers of liberty should be the only one talking about the role of choice and the role of government. Because what Dr. Fauci was saying there is absolutely, positively, unequivocally authoritarian. If we, if people don't decide to get this vaccine, he didn't say this, but he did say it, seemed to suggest that if you don't get the vaccine willingly, Government's going to have to step in and force you to do it. I mean, do unpopular things. I mean, where does this end? That's hypothetical. That's not a challenge if any government official is listening. Because I think some people take this as a personal challenge. You know, one time I went to a massage therapist and I told her. She asked me how much pressure. And I said, you know, I was was an athlete in college. And sometimes you had to use a lot of pressure to get the soreness out. And I said, I like I like. It doesn't matter if I'm sore. I want that to be worked out. And I, I made the mistake of saying something like, I don't, you know, I don't think you're going to hurt me. Well, I think she took that as a personal challenge because I don't think I've ever hurt quite as badly as when she was squeezing on some of those trigger points in my shoulders. So same thing here. Lovers of big government, if you're listening, please don't take it as a challenge. But I don't know where this thing naturally ends based upon where these authoritarians are willing to take it today folks quick time out back here in just a minute welcome back my friends you know when we had to listen to responses like that like we listen to Jin Saki there in the last uh, last segment or maybe two segments ago, but when you have to listen to that sophistry, right? Just nonsensical gibberish and rubbish coming from the press secretary, blaming Americans and our the psychological effects of COVID, which I'm not saying we don't have because of what they have led us through and their refusal to correct the decisions uh, and, and to stop the madness, and to try to get us back to normal. In fact, someone even from Biden's administration said we're never going to get back to normal, which is very encouraging uh, for people, of course. But when you have to put up with this stuff, you know, for someone like me and 
you as well. You hear this and you're thinking, how in the world can anyone listen to this and and take this seriously? Because it's ridiculous um, what they want us what they want us to believe, and it's really, I think, quite terrifying. In fact, I would say to you, I thought about this a little bit over the weekend. I think perhaps the biggest long-term negative effect of COVID, and there's a lot of them, right? I mean, the, the new role of our government, um, just I, people's willingness to go along with everything. But it's, it's, I think, a part of that. To me, one of the one of the biggest, if not maybe arguably the biggest long-term consequence of this is that people suspended their desire now not everybody but way too many people stopped thinking for themselves and they started trusting completely in what some so-called expert was telling them even if it defied common sense even if it defied logic even if it defied the things that we all should we all should know about basic what microbiology or just virus just just basics of science the things that we were taught to believe along this continuum right that we don't produce natural antibodies or that sick people can make healthy people ill or I'm sorry healthy people can make other healthy people sick I mean the stuff that we're supposed to believe and I understand there's you know people who can carry it without having symptoms and all that but just the the leaps we were supposed to take here and the amount of logic and common sense we checked at the door is quite astonishing and that to me people's desire or ability to think freely and independently and critically in the long term seems to be something that many americans have sacrificed here quick time out back in just a minute Folks, just the final seconds here. But you know what? If we can't even critically think, if Americans can't think even to decide who they should listen to, what are they even basing it on? I mean, at some point, if we can't even think enough to say, hey, we should listen to this guy or this girl because of X, Y, and Z, then we're literally passing all of our, I guess, responsibility to even make a judgment of who to listen to. We've kicked that can to somebody else as well. And if someone is a self-appointed expert that's been anointed by the ruling class, the media, education, politicians, we're just supposed to sit back and have no way of determining if we should listen or not. Folks, I got to go. SDG, have a great day.